so hey everybody welcome hey, back this is our special I'm, guest yes i want to reiterate uh we are going to get into a lot of topics uh probably we're gonna delve into kink and sex where we'll probably delve into a lot of queer topics so if these things are that things we know so much about or i know so much about <laughs> Let's actually does nicole and i don't that's the that's why it's funny <laughs> if, if these are things that make you uncomfortable or these are things that you don't feel like you can engage with maturely, please leave now because we don't want to have to kick you. I'm Lex. I'm non-binary. I use they, them pronouns. Um, mistress, if you want to get, you know, uh, formal. <laughs> um, not mister. Never that. Um, but yeah, I identify sexually as just like queer. Like, uh, I feel like that's kind of the best way to describe it. Um, very amorphous. And yeah, like I've been a part of the queer community all my life. I've been a part of the kink community actively like really like educating Hopefully not all your life I have so many questions about that for later because I don't know what that is but we'll get to <laughs> yeah. that I, I think I started like formally like educating myself and really like seeking that kind of play out um, probably about five to six years ago so since I was about 20 so I'm Nicole I use she, her pronouns. I feel like on the gender spectrum, I, I'm more fluid. Like I don't feel a hundred percent female and I don't think I'm male or anything like that. Like I'm, it's not that I'm uncomfortable in my body. Like I'm fine with the body parts that I have, uh, mm -hmm. what little is left of them anyway, after my, after my hysterectomy. But, uh, which I'm, yeah. I am so open about because I, you know, I have endometriosis and that's a thing that, that's a thing that uh, biologically female women go through and it's fucking horrible and doesn't get talked to about enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the bits that are left, I'm fine with them. It's just that in my head, I, I present masculine a lot, I think, because well, and it's I also just, I also want to stress that like you don't have to experience bottom dysphoria yeah. and you don't have you don't have to experience any level of dysphoria about your sexual characteristics in order to be on the non-binary spectrum, in order to be okay. underneath the trans umbrella, there are AFAB that is assigned female at birth. There are AFAB non-binary people who never have a mastectomy who never go on testosterone but they don't feel like a woman it's it's very much just about how you feel yeah. and if you feel to yourself that you know i don't necessarily identify as a woman but i am comfortable moving through life being perceived as such yeah like that's the whole reason she, they's exist. Like there are people on the non-binary spectrum who like still use their assigned pronouns from birth, but they also use they, them. That's why you, that's why you see people, she slash they, or he slash they. That, that just came about with Elliot Page, right? <clears throat> Elliot Page was using he, they. 
Elliot Page uses he, they pronouns. Yes. So Elliot Page is AFAB trans masculine, but a non-binary trans masculine individual. So he doesn't necessarily, he might not necessarily pursue any kind of bottom surgery or activity, but you know, he is uncomfortable being perceived as a woman. Um, Yeah. It's, it's very that like, I have a lot of friends who are on the non-binary spectrum, but yeah, it's very that like, there's no, there's no one trans experience. There's no one non-binary experience. Just like, I didn't know that experience. It's like, it's, it's interesting. Cause like in my head, I, I'm sorry, I'm taking up a lot of time on this. Uh, uh, but like in my head, I feel like I, like I could do without all of them or they could stay. Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like anything, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't, Yeah. I don't care. I don't care if, you know, like I, I do like, dude manly things and or like i act manly or whatever mm-hmm. those weird you, you do know, tra- things traditionally masculine manly. yeah yeah traditionally masculine assigned say. yeah but yeah. like I, and and i'm i'm cool with just being nicole like that's yeah and i'm i don't if that's my name like and i'm fine with that like i actually that's kind of like why i like going is nico on like my Instagram handle and my Twitter handle is Nico because I feel like Nico's a good just down the middle name. Like I'm not, I'm just Nico. Like the yeah. I, you don't know if you don't know if there's a you know girl thing on the end or a boy thing on the end. It's just there. It's just <laughs> there. And to me, what that sounds like and what that kind of aligns with is non-binary agender. So you don't necessarily like care male or female like you don't identify as either but you're fine being perceived as female it so it sounds yeah. like you would be non-binary agender she they pronouns like I like that not that you have to do any of that and oh not, yeah no but like, yeah <laughs> but like to me like that's that's kind of what that experience speaks to okay thank you and then yeah. uh sexual sexuality was i'm real easy bisexual i love <laughs> I love me. I love me the ladies and the fellows. <laughs> I, 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 I'm leaning more towards pansexuality the more I find out about it, but I don't know enough to say that I would be in, like, that I would be in the pan community. So, like, I that's enough. That's questions I'll have later. So, we'll open my we'll open my mind up more. Yes. <laughs> Emily. I also want to say before I forget, we do. We, I feel like we should start some sort of show where Lex is kind of like not the sorting hat, but the gay <laughs> scarf of sorting, where they just you tell them about yourself, they see into your heart, and they let you know. Oh, this one's gonna. Dawson be, did that this for me A-gender. years ago. Yes, when we were Lex, when we were at brunch. Lex did that. Yes, Lex did that for me years ago when yeah. they came to visit me in New York and they stayed with me. We went to brunch with a few of his friends that were also here. And I asked Lex all these I'm like, so I feel this way, and then I feel this way. Like, what am I? Like, and mm-hmm. Lex definitely did that whole sorting out, like sorting hat thing with me and was like, this is where I think I, this you don't have to do this, but this is what I'm perceiving from you from what you're telling me and I'm here that's why anytime I ever have any sort of like questions like this I'm glad we're doing this bit yeah because Lex is the first person I think of Mm -hmm. when it comes to finding out about 
more about the community that I, I I know I'm a part of. I just don't know enough about it and I want to educate myself. So thank you, Lex, for Absolutely. No, like it's, it is like, yes. it is so incredibly, it is such an incredibly personal journey. Everyone's, everyone's journey with their queerness and their identity, like it's all extremely personal. I have the benefit of years in the community and uh, have I've, I've done a lot of work to educate myself, whether that be reading the bisexual manifesto or reading, you know, queer theory. It's, 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 you know, all about like educating yourself and also like just being open to sharing experiences. And because I, you know, live the life that I live of like people not believing me when I say things are true about myself. And when I come to reckoning with things about myself and people calling that into question, I don't ever want to do that to anybody else. I just want to be here to witness you and to like, you know, if you need a hand, if you need vocabulary or things to understand it, I'm here to give you that because I didn't have that. And it sucks. Like, Yeah. It's so I feel like you're the best sounding board for this kind of stuff. Can I suggest what, a segment that, um, for uh, whatever Lex's future podcast is? It's a segment and it's just called Witness Me. And that's where people come on and they tell you their story and you sorting hat them yes. somewhere. But we're not yes, calling it a way, sorting PS, hat. Fuck JK Rowling. Like, I just want to fuck JK yes. Rowling. Fuck Joanne. Fuck her and her turf bullshit nope we hate her bullshit no turfs allowed bitches no okay emily's turn i needed to say that emily's turn turn for introduction (laughs) um sorry i had to say jokes first yeah anyway so but it's not a joke we actually fucking hate her we actually no that one's not a joke we do hate. no not at all um but anyway <laughs> so I am um I use she her pronouns. My name is Emily. I don't I have not had any sort of gender um dysphoria. I've never experienced that. Uh, but at the uh, at the other end of that, I would say that like if someone used other pronouns for me, I would not be offended by that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I've just I don't personally have that experience with with actively being uncomfortable being perceived in any way. Um, And, but as far as sexuality goes, um, I'm very just so good God leather jacket wearing bisexual. Um, Just, you you are a Dean Winchester bisexual and you always have been like- Yes. Always. Yes, yes. yes. Since the 100%. motherfucking day I Watched met you. Watch enough Supernatural to understand that. This, no, let me tell you, this bitch fucking went to a Top Gear panel at Dragon Con. Like, that is how Dean Winchester this bitch is. Like, that is amazing. <laughs> oh. It's amazing. Um, so... Now I'm going to ask the question yes, because I'm, oh God, I've heard this word tossed around a few times. What the fuck is the kink community? I need to know right now. Like, I want to know what's going on. I want to I know mean, what that means. Hey, let's go off. I want to start. Yeah, like, I, please. I want to yeah, start, start by asking like at, you. I guess the beginning. No, I want to start by asking okay. you. What is your impression? Very good place to start. What is your impression of the kink community? What do you think it is? I have I have the worst impressions of the kink community. <gasps> Emily and I have had this conversation because 
in my brain, like the rest of the, you know, 50 year old housewives, I, the only thing I ever, the way I was introduced badly into that world is through 50 shades of gray. And I know, I know that it's a, yes, no. We're and not I'm talking know about that it because that will be a whole other podcast. No, no, no. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about no, it. We're I, not, but I understand. Like, let I understand. me tell you that I, I understand that it is a horrible representation mm-hmm. of the, you know, mm-hmm. uh, BDSM community, it's terrible, but like that was my first introduction into anything other than vanilla sex. The pain, the pain so, runs deep. Um, yeah. yeah, so yeah. the the whole thing with the, the whole Fifty Shades of Grey fucking series is it has the same problem that so much fan fiction has. And yes, it was fan fiction. It started out as fucking Twilight fan fiction. And Twilight fan it fiction. Was yep. Twilight motherfucking fan fiction. So number one, the thing that it's based off is bad to begin with. Like, don't get me wrong. I read <laughs> every Twilight book as it was coming out. I devoured that shit. I thought it was the best thing ever. But then I grew up and had relationship experience. Yeah. And I said, no, Edward is abusive as fuck. Jacob sexually assaulted yep. Bella twice. Like this is not... Not good. Yep. None of this is good. And that's not even getting on to the fact that like what what she did with the Quelliot tribe. Like this is a whole real tribe of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was messed up. Oh yeah. Woo. That's a whole different thing. Yep. But yeah, it was bad. Oh yeah, no, and I agree. I was I'm a big I was a big Twilight fan, and then mm-hmm. I figured out how fucking horrible all of that was. No, it's yeah. fucking bad. But I like the the entire kink community. Well, I, I can't say the entire kink community, but the people who are actually good people and practice safe, sane, consensual activity within the kink community hate Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, yeah. 50 oh, that, sh- I know, I know that. And and basically, what Fifty Shades of Grey did is it set up a whole bunch of people to get hurt. They're either yeah. going to like hurt themselves because they don't know how to safe practice. They. Um, I had questions just because I wanted to know, like in my head, in my head, like there, there are certain, uh, and the media, like we were talking about this before the actual Mm -hmm. thing went live. Um, the media, whatever media it is, books, TV, movies, they every time pretty much get it wrong. As far Mm -hmm. as I'm concerned, like, as far as I know, they get it all wrong. So the things that I've seen and read and heard are, in my head, I'm, I know they're wrong. And so I want to know what's right. Yeah. Like what it really Um, is. If you want to see a piece of media that actually handles BDSM and um, kink pretty well, there's a series on Netflix called Bonding. Um, Heard of that. Yeah. It's, 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 I was going to check that out. It's good. So in the first season, the first season centers around May and Carter and May is a terrible dom. So like it, 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 (laughs) and that's, that's the whole point, right? So like May has a lot of um, unprocessed trauma and that informs a lot of the ways that she practices being a dom. Uh, She also is a white woman um, who, you know, has had a certain experience in life and, has you know been treated a certain way and so she uses being a dominatrix to fund her college career which is fine 
And she, but she also uses it to kind of exert the power that she didn't get to have earlier in life, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but she's not doing it in a way that's as informed as she thinks she is. There's a lot of issues where she like steps over consent lines uh, uh, and it's addressed. And like the whole second season of the show is nobody wants to hire her because nobody wants to let her work in their dungeon. Nobody wants to, you know, have her as a liability because she's a liability because she does not practice correctly. Um, And so I think that's a beautiful kind of, like that's a really good like story arc to do. And yeah, like that's, that's the thing is like at the end of the day, kink is like kink is just as kink and, and fetish are just as varied as queer identity is. Right. And so like, yeah, kink so to me kink is an act fetish is something not necessarily that that same like somebody who's like really into hands like if that's the thing that you're first attracted to in a person like oh i love a big hand that's like veiny and kind of rough and callous like that to me is a fetish like that's that's kind because you're you're fetishizing that quality of a person and having having a fetish is not bad fetishizing is the issue that's that's where you have you know people who are you know specifically looking for trans women pre-op or people who are specifically looking for latinas like that's the issue that can get toxic is right exactly so it's one thing to be attracted to something it is another to reduce someone to the thing that you were attracted to it's just like i like when i wear makeup and things like that and people hit on me I am very cautious about that because that can turn into me just being a fetish for them, me being someone with a penis who wears makeup and they like want me to wear makeup just to wreck it. Like, so like, I don't ever want to be somebody's fetish. Like, yes, absolutely. If you're attracted to that, that's cute, but I'm so much more than my makeup. And it only looks like this about 10% of the time. Like, (laughs) let's be honest. Um, But but yeah, like kink is anything from, kink is anything from from as extreme as being suspended to as mild as, a little bit of spanking or calling spanking, me a yeah. specific name in bed. Like all of those things fall under kink. So like there are a lot of people okay. who have, you know, practiced kink without knowing that they've practiced kink because it's not something that they're like actively well, like apparently for. I have then. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Without even knowing it. Yes. Um yeah the kink community is really is really supportive and responsive and kink is inextricable from queerness um yes there are 100 percent heterosexual people within the kink and bdsm community 100 percent. i'm not going to say that there aren't but there are a yeah. lot of things in the kink community that were started by queer people like leather the entire leather scene is super queer like you can't you cannot remove leather from queer culture like you can't and like there's and so like but you're gonna find a lot more times the cishet dudes who who are involved in kink and bdsm a lot of the time they are a lot more accepting of 
queer individuals. They, a lot of the time are, are able to, you know, take a guy hitting on them and be like, that's so sweet. No, thank you. <laughs> like, because <laughs> the hallmark of, you know, kink and BDSM is safe, sane, consensual. So it's, it's all okay. about, you know, informed consent and, Hey, you're attracted to me and that's cool, but that's not my thing. And that's okay. Like, I, and I made the joke earlier because uh, uh, Emily was like, Saran wrap. And I was like, your kink is not my kink, but your kink is okay. Like, that is the thing that I, <laughs> I say often. That. that is the thing that I say often. Like, just because I'm not into it doesn't mean that it's bad or wrong. There is, you know. Yeah. And like, if you were on Tumblr for any amount of time, you saw people throw yes. around the term kink shaming, sometimes as a joke and like, sometimes like being genuine, but yeah, like we, we try not to kink shame. There are a couple that I do because there's not really a safe way to practice those things. <laughs> and I don't That's necessarily, valid. and I don't necessarily if there's not shame a safe it. Way, now I have more it. questions. <laughs> I don't think, How to you say can't, this you can't and say not get us kicked of, off of Twitch? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes people like to play with things that come out of the back end, and that's just not. Oh safe. no, thank you. That's just that's, that's eco gotcha. waiting to happen. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but I there, got, no, I get that. Yeah, so, but yeah. like even down to things like blood. Is there a word for that? There is, but I'm not going to say it. Yes, but I'm not gonna say okay. it. If, okay. if, if Twitch it. is if if Twitch is trying to auto mod sapphic, I'm not saying that is associated I with got, the yeah, act that we're talking okay. about. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> but I do. There is that. I, I there is a word, and I think I know what word that is. Okay. I'm sure you do, um, especially if like, you you know anything about scouting uh, <laughs> or animal tracking. <laughs> uh, basically. <laughs> Oh, I just mean is that there's a word for people that are into that. It's like I mean, there's a word for a the the term. thing. There's a term for the thing that they are into. There is not necessarily a term for the people that are into it, but there is a there is a oh, term okay. for that thing that they're into. It's yes, not the gotcha. same. As, okay. it's not the same as with like. Um, BDSM where you have dominance and you have submissives and you have switches. I identify as a dom leaning switch, um, which basically for me. Wait, means... now can, can we break that down? Yeah, that's what I'm about to do. So for me, <laughs> okay. Being, okay, okay. A, being a dom leaning switch for me is I am much more likely to engage in activities where I am the dominant party. I am the one, and like I have, you know, things that I do specifically for me when I want to have fun. And there are things that I've done, you know, because compensation was involved. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that list isn't always the same. Um, period. We support sex workers here. Yes, we, uh, do. <laughs> we do. But, um, but like, yeah, for me, like I am much more likely to engage in being dominant than I am in being submissive. And that's very trauma informed for me. Um, it is very hard Same. for me to have a level of trust, especially with men shaped folk, because um, I, you know, my, my earliest um, sexual trauma was perpetrated by a man. So it's really hard for me to be vulnerable and, and submissive to men because it's hard for me to trust that my boundaries will be respected. So like I am open to a submissive role 
um, depending on the activity and depending on my trust level with that person. And you should always only engage in activities when you feel that you can trust that person 100% or you're going to end up in a Christian gray situation. Like that's the, that's the, there's an entire scene in the 50 shades of gray books where she safe words a scene and he keeps going at that point. It is a sexual assault. Well, he doesn't actually keep going, but uh, there is the safe word scene and he did stop. I know I like, I trust me, like I won't defend the books for being accurate ever, but I will say that in that scene that she safe words, he immediately stops. And it's kind of what prompts their whole entire relationship to then change where he realizes that what he's doing is not good. Any, like it's not Mm. working. And see, that's not really realizes that's not really yeah, right. It's not either. good, but it does. Yeah. And so yeah. the whole, so there's a couple of ways when you're doing a scene that people address it. Some people use a safe word. Some people use the green light system. Um, uh, I really encourage people, especially when they're just exploring um, kink and things to use the green light system um, because it is so much easier, not necessarily easier, but it's, it's, it's a little more informed because when you're using the green light system, you know, you check in with your partner, especially before changing activity. So like you're doing something, you're like, Hey, like, let's do this. What's, what's, what's your color. And you know, green is go yellow is slow down. Give me a second. Like I need to adjust to what's happening. And red is everything stops. And we talk about what's going on. Um, And you know, you can't, have these things you can't like have kink and bdsm and things like that without proper care that's you know care during and after care um yes questions are super encouraged as me yeah um but yeah with the with the red light green light system you know you you have regular check-ins whereas with a safe word you're going and you're doing what you're doing until you hear that word that equals no um and so for some people for some people, especially people who have a hard time enforcing their boundaries, they can be edging on uncomfortable, but not comfortable enough, not uncomfortable enough to say the safe word. And then you can go about hurting somebody accidentally, either emotionally or physically, because they haven't, they haven't felt safe enough and they haven't felt like it was okay for them to use their safe word. But with the green light system, you are literally giving them the opportunity to say, tell me right now, are you okay? Do you want to continue? Um, and I, yeah. I, I think especially with, especially with new partners, especially, or even old partners who are trying new things, the, the green light system, the traffic light system is super effective. Um, just my personal view. You can't see me, but I'm nodding so- regularly. <laughs> that's what I feel like same also but like I feel like um what how do I word this not because I can't say the word say the words due to twitch it's more like I'm not sure how to phrase it I will um, say like, I will say just say as, it and we'll refine it if we need to just say it just get it out there okay so as someone who as someone who uh kind of feels like a very vanilla person when it comes <laughs> to sex what like what are ways that you would maybe suggest to someone that's interested in opening it up into kink 
but like doesn't know where to start. Yeah. Or like, so like, is it really like, is there like a checklist that I can, you know, like, so <laughs> you have like a, just like a YouTube playlist. You could afford probably appreciate it. <laughs> so, um, for me, there's no such thing as a checklist for kink. Um, because every, everybody is different mm-hmm. and the things that are going to appeal to you and the things that are going to speak to you are going to be different. Like there's no way to kind of anticipate that without me, like, Go, got a Patreon. A hey, got an OnlyFans. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. Don't look for Damn it. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> I am too. I am. I am too dysphoric for an OnlyFans right now. Um, but, um, <laughs> babe. <laughs> that is also um, part of the LGBTQI plus experience. It's making jokes about <laughs> your Just trauma. Making, yeah. Yeah. It's a part of who we are. Yeah, I'm sorry like, if it makes anyone. It is. It honestly is. It's a coping mechanism. It's a it bad is. one, but it's a coping it mechanism. But it is one. We um, are super self like loathing <laughs> jokers. <I'm> like. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Like. <laughs> Um, because I have literally had somebody commission me to do an audio file for their favorite, uh, erotic fan fiction. And like, it's a thing, like, it's wonderful. And I think you could do amazing at it. Um, here's a question I have about that though. Can that be something that then turns into a fetish and that it's bad? Like you were saying earlier that there are things that can Mm -hmm. start out fine, like if that's what you're into, but you can fetishize it and then it becomes toxic. Like Mm -hmm. that could be something, right? That could like, somebody could look at a person or hear a person talking Mm -hmm. and be like, oh my God, that accent is so like hot or whatever. And then that becomes the only thing that they care about about that person. Yes. In this particular situation, especially if it's transactional, Okay. Like that's okay. the thing. Yeah, that's no, I get that part. Yeah, it's it's all about it's all about that informed consent, right? And so like taking taking back to like my personal experience, I in my personal life will not put on makeup specifically to have intercourse with someone. But if you are paying me to wear makeup and dominate you, I'm going to wear makeup and dominate you because this is a transactional relationship. It's just like, if you are paying okay, me for a tomato sandwich, I'm going to give you a tomato sandwich. Um, and <laughs> I get, and I have in his agency. personal life. Don't expect him to just make you tomato sandwiches. And like, and so like, that's the thing, right? They can make you a sandwich whenever they feel like it. I have the agency in this situation. You're coming to me, requesting me this thing, requesting of me this, this service. And I get to decide if that is something that I am comfortable providing you or not. Uh, That's totally true, Lane, by the way. You could literally, you just walk the streets in America and talk and everyone will automatically love you. Yep. (laughs) That's literally it. That's all you got to do. And oh on the God. other on the other side of that, which I found so crazy is when I went over to England mm-hmm. and I was in a club with my two girlfriends. We were in the bathroom because that's what we like to do. We go to the bathroom together, apparently. And oh, safety in numbers. <laughs> safety. Yeah. It that's very true. But like <laughs> I'm an exchange I was in the bathroom, student. I'm literally. from Tennessee. 
That's my line. Yeah, we were. I was just. I was just having a conversation through the door. Mm -hmm. I was washing my hands and I was talking to my friend, and other girls walked in and heard me speaking and jumped on me like, "You're from New York? Oh my God! Mm -hmm. Like, what's the city like? Like, and just freaked out because to me or to them, I was the one that had the accent. You were the exotic one. Like, yeah. I felt so awkward. I was like. What is this? Like, no one notices me. This is interesting. That's very, yeah, it's, it's I, that's remind, remind me to do the spaghetti dude. Yeah, I, I love it. That voice. I don't I love know what it. that means, but I want to hear it. I have like worked for years to like actively neutralize my accent. Like this is not what my, what my natural accent sounds like. I am from rural Alabama. Like this is not what I was supposed to sound like. I actively worked to neutralize and repress my accent. And you can still hear the fact that I'm from the South, but you don't hear my voice and go, oh, that bitch is from the backwoods. Like, (laughs) it's not like that, right? Same. And I think theater is part of that. I mean, y'all have dragged me for saying Mm -hmm. certain things, but I... Yeah, y'all have dragged me for saying absolutely words that I because, can't help. Man, that New York is strong. No, you because know. that fucking <laughs> because fucking sometimes sometimes orange <laughs> Mario orange yes Mario Mario <laughs> Mario oh my, my favorite Mario Mario. <laughs> No, lapis okay. lazuli. Lapis, lapis lazuli, lazuli is my favorite. That's it's so good. Lapis lazuli. Listen, <laughs> listen. It's so interesting because the first time I ever saw that word, it was when I read the Vampire Diaries books mm-hmm. a year before the series came out. Mm-hmm. Those are terrible, by the way. That's one of the only adaptations of a book where the show is better than the books. Shadowhunters. Like, those books are fuck. Yes, that too. Oh, God, I love that show so much. Oh, I can talk about Magnus Bane for days. You will not. Oh, <laughs> okay. Harrison okay. Jr. Okay. God damn but it. That relationship is one of my favorite gay relationships of all time. Everybody in the Let's chat. Let's all time. Uh, you do not have to do this right Malik. now. You do not have to do this right now, but eventually I want you to go to YouTube and look up. Not right now. N- not right now, but I want you to eventually go to YouTube and look up Malik Kiss No Music. It is my religion. Uh, it is my religion. It is so good. <laughs> I, at not, at the year, so the year that you came to Comic-Con, uh, yes. the year before that, Justin, Justin, I hadn't gotten into Shadowhunters yet at that point, but it was 20, so 2018, uh, we, it was 2017 or 2018, no. we were going to a, we were going to a panel <laughs> and we wanted to get good seats and get in there early. So we went, and watched the two Alec, panels what before are you that one, and it was a Shadowhunters one. So I was like this far away from all of the at- Harry Harry Jr. was the only one that wasn't there. But like the guy that plays Alec, uh, Alec, um, is it Matthew Daddario? Matthew Daddario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is who is the God, only white I didn't think man? He could be better looking in person, but like, dear Lord. man, I don't mean to drag you guys kicking, kicking and screaming back to the topic. Yes, but I did not take my ADHD right, yeah. medicine this morning. You I took your ADHD down down okay. stream with y'all. Oh, you didn't take it. Okay, okay, sorry. Take it. Anyway, so I can't okay. go down the stream with y'all. So... I'll never come back. <laughs> got you, got you, got you. So we're um, pulling you back. Okay, here. back to what I. We're here. Back, back to what my original <laughs> question. So mm-hmm. I. 
Oh yes, if, you want to know where, how to like maybe start introducing it. Like what's? I yeah. would I would say, I would say you want to look up um, kinky artists is where I would start. Like I would start at looking at illustrations of kink and of different acts. And beyond that, I would do reading. And I'm not talking about things like Fifty Shades of Grey or anything like, I'm not talking about fiction. Yeah, I am talking about like, look up cold, hard, educational books so that you can, okay. you know, see what the practice is about and, you know, read on how to do it safely and informed. And there's a couple of good resources for that, none of which I can think of right now. And beyond that, like, talk to your friends that you know are a little bit kinky. Like, you know, talk to people who you feel comfortable talking about, you know, your deeper rooted stuff with. Because while, and I I want to stress this, because a lot of people have the idea that everyone involved in kink and BDSM has some kind of deep trauma. And that's not the case. Do a lot of people use kink and things like that to process trauma? Sure. But so many other people just want to have a crazy good time. Like there are just as many people who are completely neurotypical, completely untraumatized in the kink community as there are people who are deeply traumatized. Like, yeah, I think that's where media got it super twisted with, especially with 50 shades is that, that the reason he is the way he is, is because he had such a fucked up childhood. And that's why anyone that's in the BDSM community is like that, like they, their dominance because they experienced something like, I'm like, that can't no. be true. Because I've like experienced some sort of trauma Napoleon complex bullshit. I know mm-hmm. I've experienced trauma and I wouldn't say that I was a dominant or a submissive. Like I, there are things that I'm not cool with. Like I'm not cool with being dominated, but I'm also like not someone that's like, I have to be the one that's like in charge of mm-hmm. this stuff. Like it's not, you know, and I've experienced a lot of trauma. So like, it's not a, there, it's not, what's the word, the phrase? Like, it's not like a- I mean, it's not a direct, it's, like, it's not a direct correlation. Like it's not a- Yeah, that's the word, direct yeah. correlation. It's not a direct correlation. It's like, weird. Just because you suffer some kind of trauma, especially like just because you- experience sexual trauma doesn't mean that you're going to get involved in kink and it doesn't mean that that's going to inform your kink like for me like I don't again I don't really let men dominate me I also don't engage in certain scenes like I don't engage in any kind of scenes that have to do with you know dubious consent or non-consensual activity because yes that activity is consensual. Like you have agreed upon it beforehand, but you are playing characters. You're doing a role play of a certain type of scene. And I don't engage in that type of scene. There are people that do 100%. Do I understand it? No, but it's not my place to judge it. Like if that is (laughs) something that you want, that's something that you want. And as long as you are engaging in it safely, making sure that all, all of your needs are being met and all of your safeguards and boundaries are being respected, then do what you want, queen. Like, I don't care. Uh, just don't, <laughs> just don't ask me to be a part of it. Um, and that's the crux of it, right? Is like our sex lives are just like our personal lives. Like they're ours to live and they're ours to experience. And if I come to you asking, hey, do you think this is okay? Or do you think this is messed up? Like, then you can give me your opinion. But until I ask for it, like, I don't need it. Mm-hmm. 
and preach. And so like, that's, that's what I would stress like to people who are like entering kink is like, make sure like you're having these conversations with people that you can trust and that, you know, you know, respect you and love you and, you know, want to look out for you. Like there are definitely like knowing things about you. I would say, you know, you probably want to avoid this until you've explored more, but yeah, like I, I think there are definitely aspects that you would very much get into. I think that you would probably like role play a lot. And like, that's the thing is like, there are, there are very mild forms of kink. Like there are like mild to wild. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I like, well, that okay. So like now when you, cause you had asked me earlier, like what's my perceived, like, what do I think kink is? So like mm-hmm. yeah. just knowing knowing what I've experienced sexually, like I've always thought of myself as super vanilla, but now that you're saying that that the edit is, it's a wider spectrum than I thought it was, you know, there's like, I've dressed up in outfits. Like I, that's kink. You did it. Yeah. So like, and see, I didn't, I didn't think that that was considered kink because it's just, it didn't, in my head, it didn't, register as something that was more than vanilla like it's still no, vanilla sex but i'm putting on like but that's role play like, that's what yeah, i guess role yeah play. Like, i had i had a i had a i went to a thrift store with my ex a long time ago this is weird because my husband's literally listening fine. to this but um i still <laughs> it's, have it's it not like it is not like your partner did not have partners before <laughs> you like let's 100%. not sit here and play that game. i know that <laughs> So, and that's a thing, that's a thing that's really interesting about mine and Justin's relationship. And um, Justin's fine with talking about, he's, you know, fine with this, but like, he's more sexual than I am more sexually experienced. He's had more partners. Um, like, uh, he's also pansexual. So he's experienced. I've never had full on sex with a woman. I've only had done sexual activities with a woman. So I, and I, but I know I'm bisexual. Right. So no, like, like, you, like I've and, never, it's never been just me and a woman. It's and like, it was me. It was me and a woman and a man. And it does not, it wasn't, it, and we had it, tea. It does not matter if you had <laughs> never touched a woman. You don't have to have ever engaged in any kind of sexual activity to know that you are queer. Like Probably. all that it takes, all that it takes is you experiencing that attraction and identifying as such. Now, 100 See, And I didn't know that for a long time. Like, yeah, like at all. I didn't know that I could call myself bisexual without ever having really experienced like truly being with a woman. But like, yeah. I find women extremely beautiful and yes, they are pleasing <laughs> to the eye. So, um, and like, so while we, yeah. so while we're here on this topic, this is something that I did want to touch on. So let's go yeah. ahead and do it. Um, yeah. Let's play the alphabet game. Let's go through the the alphabet, LGBT, the whole one, and talk yeah. about what all of them mean. Because I think, ooh, there's a car alarm. Yeah, work. Great. Right. They heard we were talking about it. <laughs> They said, um, uh-uh, you don't anyway. get to do that. No, but, but truly. there's some confusion over like, you know, what bi versus pan and. And, and so- oh, I like Izzy's thing. No sexuality report cards, Mm-mm. only yeah. identity. Yeah, there's, That's it's nice. not, it's not a fucking report card. And like, that is like, that is one of my least favorite things, especially like as a non-monosexual individual who like is like, I'm an AMAB, so assigned male at birth. I am an AMAB femme. 
non-monosexual. So the moment that I talk about being attracted to femme presenting and uh, like cis women, people are like, no, you're not. Prove it. I don't have to prove shit to you. I don't. Full stop. There you like, go. I don't there owe you, you shit. Least of all a sexual report card. Mm-hmm. I don't. And people do that. Like people do that to femmes a lot. They do it to AMAB femmes and they do it to like lips, lips, lipstick lesbians and like femme bisexual women, like, or femme bisexual men. Like they always are asking for a fucking report card. And it's like, no, fuck you. Like <laughs> you're not entitled to that. Like I don't owe you that, especially cause I'm not even attracted to you, bro. Like, <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Get out of my face. <laughs> and um, and so like. So as, what's this alphabet game? It's not. <laughs> it's not a game. Um, but I wanted okay. to go through like the letters, the LGBTQIA plus. Oh, like, okay, okay, okay. We have been kind of throwing around um, a good amount of names here and yeah. labels and things like that. And th- so I thought maybe it would be nice to kind of just go through and solidify. Well, not really solidify because they're not solidified. Solidified, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that kind of spectrum and what that means. And I think it's good to kind of start with the alphabet. So yeah, if we I think start with L. Yeah, so we're we're starting with lesbian, and you know that's very you know, good place to start. <laughs> let's start, <laughs> let's start no. at the lesbians. A very good place to start. <laughs> uh, don't sue me. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, we want to get sued. Um, I think that was a short enough time span. I think we're good. You can use up to like thirty seconds, so it's fine. <laughs> So like the so lesbians like from from what has been perceived throughout culture and our stupid society it's like no. you play softball you <laughs> you dress like a lumberjack you yes. you know and it's like, like I again, hate that the only thing that is required to be a lesbian is that you identify as women as a woman as and you are exclusively attracted to other women that's it that's it that's it there's no fucking there's no checklist that you got to tick boxes no and it's 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 and the the thing of it is is like and i ran into this the other day some straight dude some cishet dude was like you know trans women prefer straight men first of all you're not trans you don't get to speak on the trans experience second of all just because you fetishize trans women and think that they should jump on you because you deign them attractive is fucked up mm-hmm. and third of that all that says more about you bro you. and like <laughs> third of all trans lesbians exist trans bisexuals exist like trans asexuals exist gender and sexuality are two completely separate things like your gender identity and your sexual identity don't necessarily have to do with each other at all like for me i am non-binary and non-monosexual So it's like they kind of do affect one another, but also not at all because they're both just kind of amorphous. Like I'm everything and I'm into everything. So it doesn't matter. I have been told like, like when I was a teenager, I, like I said earlier, like I've never really felt like I belonged male or female. So I dressed very tomboyish fucking hate that. Um, And there was a girl once that came up to me at uh, at a show that I was at and was like, 
I'm into you. Let's let's like hang out. And that was before I figured out that I was also into girls. She wasn't attractive anyway, that I would not have done anything with her anyway. Whoa. But but she was I roast her like that. She didn't even defend herself. (laughs) She she was like, I was like, sorry, I'm into guys. And she was like, No, you're not. You're a lesbian. Look at you. And I was like, That's no, see, I don't like that. I don't like that either. And she was in her heart. Yeah, and, and her and, soul. And, and she was so like telling like, me what I was just because I dressed a certain way. Going back to the whole prove it thing, yeah. that is not exclusive to cis hets to the queer community. Unfortunately, it, happens, it is not. It happens within the queer community a lot, especially yeah. to non monosexual, especially to like femme presenting and non monosexual individuals. Like, and, and so it's all kind of like rooted in misogyny, right? So, yeah. like, if you, you know, dress all pretty and you wear lipstick, and you like you know do yourself all girly you're doing that for men obviously because why would you do that for yourself right oh (laughs) like I'm doing it for myself and maybe a little bit to like make you look at me but like whatever um (laughs) but it's not necessarily because I like want to attract you specifically it's because especially for me like I enjoy the artistry of makeup. I enjoy the way it makes me feel and most of the time. And like, it's it's just a form of expression for me. And it's a form of expression for a lot of women, especially like the people who like are investing like a lot of time and money into their makeup. They're not doing that for you, for Joshua or Brenda. Like they're doing that for themselves because they love it and they feel powerful in it. Like it's not about you. And like, it, there's this really, th- this happens like in the lesbian community and it happens like, like it happens to femme lipstick lesbians on both like from lesbian women and from straight men where, you know, you have a gay woman presenting very femme in a queer space and like trying to like do a type of thing. And the woman's like, are you even, into women and it's like yeah no because i'm fucking hitting on you right now like (laughs) and and it happens especially a lot to bisexuals there's so much biphobia even within the queer community and back to the misogyny thing yeah biracure is so real inside Mm -hmm. the queer community it's bonkers like it is i absolutely had women outright reject me because i identified as bisexual instead of a lesbian yeah they were like i can't be with anyone who's ever been with a man yep that's fucking wild dude it's fucking gross um and there's even shows that are supposed to be like uh super open about the queer community like specifically will and grace where uh what's his name the other he's like i'm a platinum star gay jack and so for those of so for those of you that are here that don't know, there are two very disgusting classifications. Um, there is, for for men, there is gold star gay, I'm meaning you have, you have never engaged in sexual activity with a woman. And then there's platinum star gay, meaning that you were born by cesarean. So you've never touched a vagina ever. And then lesbians also have gold star lesbians, meaning they've never touched a dick. And it's like, that's just like, stop. Please stop. I hate because, that. And, it's, and gross. it's it's gross. It's it and some people don't mean anything by it. Some people are just like, yes, I'm like hella queer. But the thing is, it's like that's damaging. That's damaging to bisexuals. It's damaging to people who like 
took a long time to come to terms with their sexuality and like and did the whole you know maybe this will straighten me out thing like it is so damaging for you to like and and it's one thing to take personal pride in like always knowing who you were but to do it but to do it in that way is is not cute like not to mention you can be with a woman who has a penis like that's it's not exclusively something that only like men have like that's why saying stuff like oh i've never even like okay so you hate trans people like i don't know what you're trying to tell me with this right now but it's not what you were hoping to get across and you know jumping onto that like as a non-binary you know under the trans umbrella individual dating wild trans and dating trans people is complicated i you see a lot where a uh les like people like two people will be in a lesbian relationship and then one person will come out as a trans man like will come to terms with the fact that they're a trans man and it is 100 percent okay if that means that you no longer want to be in that relationship, especially if it has to do with that person wanting to pursue a lot of transitional activities because genitalia is a factor in attraction for a lot of people. And that's fine. Like it is okay if genitalia factors into your attraction pattern. If it it is okay for you to say, I don't want to date a trans person who wants who wants to or has genitals that don't align with my needs it is not okay for you to say trans people are unattractive and i would never date any of them that's transphobic but saying i i if a straight man were to say or a lesbian woman were to say i don't want to date a trans woman who has a penis or i couldn't date a trans woman who still has a penis because it it fucks with my attraction pattern. Like that's okay. You're not saying she's not beautiful. You're not saying she's not worth dating. You're saying that you personally aren't attracted to what she has going on. And that is okay. Um, Cause like, especially like for me, like as somebody who like, I have dysphoria about my own body and I get fucked up when people are attracted to it. So I understand baby, (laughs) I understand. (laughs) But you also have, you know, on the flip side of that, you have lesbians who are like, no, I could date a trans man because like, he's not really a man or like he doesn't Uh, have a penis. Like, no, because you're invalidating his identity as a man. Like you, like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Like it is 100% okay for you to say, no, I would be open to dating a trans man who did not experience bottom dysphoria because that exists. Like there are trans men who like, they just, they take their tea and they're good with the growth that they have and they're fine with you interacting with that area. Like, that's fine. Like, if you're open to that, that's fine. But invalidating his identity by saying he's not a real man or, you know, I'm okay with dating him specifically because he has a vagina, like, that's where it's like, no, no, that's trouble territory. And that's another thing that the media gets wrong and why I don't like stories specifically centered around coming out is because they frame that as kind of 
the climax. They frame, you know, the act of me saying, this is what I am as the end rather than, than the beginning of a much yeah. longer journey. Because it should be. Especially with queerness, our identities are so amorphous and our, our, our identities are like always evolving. Like I used to identify as a gay man years and years later. Okay, no, I experienced too much attraction to other genders to call myself a gay man. So like I'm queer and then come to find out, you know, a couple of years later, uh, I'm not even a man. I'm non pine Like queer, the journey with queerness is so much more evolutionary than being cishet because you kind of, you're, you're the default when you're cishet, like this is what you are. This is what you always are. And so, especially when straight people are writing those stories or we're trying to relay these stories to straight people, we frame it in that kind of mindset so that they will be, it'll be easier for them to swallow. But honestly, they can choke. Like <laughs> this is, this is something that is super complex and it's something that deserves to be understood and respected. Um, and we do ourselves and the community at large a disservice by simplifying it in those ways. And I'm not saying that every narrative needs to be super complex because yes, for some people it's, nope, I'm a cis gay man and whoop de doo But then within that, you discover what kind of gay man you are, right? Because then we get into, you know, what is acceptable for you to experience? And there's so much misogyny and internalized misogyny and internalized homophobia in the gay community. Like you, you know, we were bullied and ostracized for our feminine traits. So for so, for so many gay men, like they reject femininity super heavily because that's, you know, wrong and bad. And the thing that like was a signifier to the people that fucking bullied me. Whereas like, no, like if you're not feminine, if you don't enjoy those activities, that's fine, but don't preclude yourself from exploring it just because you're afraid of what fucking Anthony has to say about it. Like you owe it to yourself and to the people who gave you your rights to explore those things. Because the whole reason that queer people have the rights that they have is because of trans people of color, Mm -hmm. femmes, and butch lesbians. Like Mm -hmm. that's, those are the people who gave us the rights that we have today. I love that, yes, yes, yes. The first pride was a riot. And that, that's it too. by the trans people of color. And that's the thing is like the uh, the first pride was the first pride was a riot, and then it was a fucking funeral march. Yeah, like it was literally like it became it has become a celebration in the past you know thirty years, mm-hmm. forty years. But the first the first pride was a fucking riot, and then it was a funeral march because Reagan was actively letting us die. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and people don't understand that. Like the, especially these white gays, they think it's just a time to party, do blow and like, whatever. Oh, I hate that. And it's like, no, like, but like 100%, like let's celebrate the progress that we've made, but there's still so much more progress to be had. Oh, and yeah. yes, let's celebrate our identities and like have that kind of camaraderie, but like make it actual camaraderie and understand mm-hmm. what we went through to get here. 
And I don't mean mm-hmm. in the RuPaul way of like, know these references. Cause that's one thing that I really, that really drives me up a wall is when older gay men want to refer to like Paris is burning as gay history, or they want to refer to Priscilla queen of the desert. Like being able to reference that media is gay history. No gay history is knowing that HIV and AIDS was first called gay cancer and grants yep. mm-hmm. gay history is knowing that Martha P Johnson threw the first fucking brick gay history is knowing Hell the yeah. fact that before, before America was colonized native tribes had two spirit people that were not sh- shunned or shamed. They were revered. Like it's yep. understanding mm-hmm. that gay history aren't. is knowing about the Greeks and the Romans and all gay, of that gay history is history yeah. period just like black history is history period like and mm-hmm. and because and because <laughs> And and it's because that history is written by straight white people. They have minimized our contributions to it, first of all. And second of all, their demonization and persecution of us. And so it's, and no, you're not going to get taught these things in school. You're barely taught black history in school. So like, of course, you're not going to be taught anything else, especially something that has intersectionality. Like, spoiler alert, you can be black and gay. You can be disabled and gay like (laughs) there's a whole wide world mm -hmm. out there and we're not learning about it and it's it's awful and it's because like people view queerness as like the sum total of someone's identity as opposed to it just being one facet of that person like I am non-binary and queer and these things inform a lot about me but they aren't that's not all that you are yeah like that's not everything about me like i'm an artist i am a fucking writer i'm a game player like i'm a caretaker i am a fucking excellent cook like all of these things (laughs) are like parts of who i am and like and I'm proud of my queerness. Don't ever for one second think that I'm not, but I also don't want you to like- Hyper-focus on that. Well, think you know, you. think you know anything about me because I'm, because you know that I'm queer. Cause you don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause everyone's queer experience is 100% different mm-hmm. and personal to them. It's like, it's like when you're like prescribed a medication, it's prescribed specifically to your person, to your individual self it's not for everyone and you and you know you might be prescribed the same medicine as somebody but your dosage could be completely different yeah exactly like like and and that's and that's the thing you know with bisexuality like people have this impression if they you know accept bisexuality a lot of people have this impression that it has to be this 50 50 attraction and no it doesn't absolutely does not have to be that like as a non-monosexual individual, you can have your fucking preferences. It's just like preferring somebody who has blonde hair versus somebody who has brown hair. Like, I don't understand the preference, but like, you're allowed to have it. Like, yeah, exactly. And like some people crave a certain type of energy in their life or have a specific attraction pattern. And that's fine. Like for me, like if you look at the type of men that I'm attracted to, it's a lot more varied than the type of, you know, cis woman that I'm attracted to. Like I am attracted, I'm attracted to a very like specific type of woman and that's okay. Like, 
Yeah. Just like I, I like my attraction pattern in men is a little bit more varied, but there are still, you know, certain types of men that I would never date. Like it is okay to have preferences in that situation. And a lot of people use that as the differentiation between bi and pan. And that's a much more accurate differentiation between bi and pan. But honestly, to me, there's not a huge difference. It is, it's that's what- the big secret. That's, that's the big secret world. I was gonna ask about that. Like, that's that's the huge secret is that, and one. this is something- This the is the same picture. <laughs> this is something that I say all the time and I truly believe it. A label does not have meaning unless it means something to you and you get to choose that label. Like, so if you resonate more with pansexual, if that's what vibes with you more, identify as pansexual. If you vibe more with, with bisexual, right. I've, so like the definitions that I am most comfortable with and have heard most often is that bisexuality is attraction to more than one gender or is an attraction across a gender spectrum where gender could be a factor. Whereas I've heard it with pansexuality as attraction based solely on the specific person. person. Yeah. And so then I would say I do definitely identify as pansexual then. Which is fine. Because that that's really what it all boils down to for me is that it's not, I don't care what you are. I care about the type of person that you are. It's about your character. It's about your personality. It's about your, if I vibe with you on, and the same, like, it's kind of like with friendship. Like, Mm -hmm. it's almost the same exact thing. Like, I could literally be friends with anyone as long as I find that person to be a person that I want to spend time with. So like, I'm going to look at it like that from now on, as far as like sexuality goes. And for me, the reason that like, that's not a super important distinction to me is like they're bisexual people who are absolutely like that. Um, And also using that specifically, and because there's also demisexuality, which is- demisexuality is inside of the asexual spectrum where you do not experience sexual attraction without a deep emotional and mental connection. I just found out about this like over like the last year because Mm -hmm. my friend was updating their dating profile on a, the three. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's 100%. And like for me, as far as like pansexuality and bisexuality, they have a lot more overlap um, to me, like bisexuals and pansexuals in my like personal anecdotal experience. Cause I don't identify as either. I just identify as queer. Um, but to the other like non-monosexual people that I, that I know, a lot of the people who identify as bisexual and pansexual can experience sexual attraction without a very deep emotional connection. Like a lot of the people that I know that identify as pansexual, Emily, need- like- that's me. <laughs> a lot of the people that I know that identify as pansexual need to at least have like hung out with you for a good amount of time before they decide if they want to sleep with you. But, you know, the, again, all of that is extremely personal. That's, um, and that's what that's what I found out. Like they were updating their dating profile. I cannot remember which per, like specific site. I think it was Plenty of Fish and Plenty of Fish or or Match or... <laughs> 
you absolutely do not have to learn like and that and that is the thing right is like I I know like I know a couple that there are two women who are a couple who now have a child um and one of the women in that couple has literally never been in a relationship with any other woman has never been attracted to any other woman except for her wife that's it and like so that's the thing right is like attraction is so weird like it is weird it's weird and it's personal and like sometimes you are so much one way but then that one person will come along and like only for them like, and that's fine you know that's you know what's a, a great example of that is uh emily i got you into the show but the bold type um mm. with yeah. uh with cat cat specifically had only ever been with men and then she met adina and was like okay yeah i see you okay. and then once in like throughout I, i'm not i don't want to spoil anything but like she discovers more about her sexuality even deeper in there's actually a storyline in that sh- in the show the bull type with cat where after her and adina have broken up and she's like exploring her relationships after Adina, um, she goes to a party with their lesbian friends. And uh, this is after Kat has realized that she is definitely bisexual Mm -hmm. and Adina like shames her for it. And then later they have a conversation about it. And I cannot remember the uh, fashion uh, head's name, uh, Sutton's boss, but he helps Kat realize like, I'm I'm a gay man. And like, I don't think that you're any less queer just because you like men and women. Like it was a whole, that was the first time I'd ever seen by erasure even addressed about. And also been like 100% full stop. That's not okay. Yeah, for there to be and that it does exist in the queer community because it was a, a lesbian woman telling a bisexual woman there you can't be both you have to be one mm. or the other like and then they were like no that's not fucking okay yeah because so, it's not and not because at the end of the day what you are doing is the same thing straight people did to you and they told you you couldn't be with a woman yeah like mm-hmm. you are trying to police someone's sexuality the way that they tried to police yours which is like that's what ne- that's what boggles my mind about it like you know what it's like to be discriminated against why are you then turning around and discriminating one of your own like i think, ah. I think part right. of it has to do with like it, it's almost it's a gatekeeping situation where it's like you have finally like you have been excluded for so long and you finally found this group of people mm-hmm. you want to keep that a safe space and so you feel the need to gatekeep it and that can get very toxic and it also has to do and i touched on this earlier um i can't remember yeah i think we were like actually live at the time it has to do with like passing privilege and the fact that like passing isn't a privilege like it doesn't matter if you can pass as straight or pass as white like it's not a privilege to do so because a lot of the times it alienates you even from your own community and you get the sense of not belonging anywhere um and so basically what happens is like there's this like animosity whether it's conscious or subconscious there's this animosity that a bisexual person in a relationship with someone of the opposite sex does not 
experience the same discrimination that that we do as very obvious queer people and it's that's not okay like yeah that's their life that's their experience they're not sitting here trying to tell you that they understand everything you've been through so it doesn't fucking matter like that's the thing at the end like I had this conversation with somebody who was like struggling with their gender identity and feeling like because they're comfortable with she they and because they're comfortable being perceived as a woman that they you know didn't want to like take up space in the trans and non-binary community. And here's the thing, at the end of the day, if you aren't trying to speak on things that you don't understand or experience, you're not taking up space. That's valid. Yeah. Like if you aren't infringing on an area that you don't know shit about, if you aren't trying to speak to an experience that you don't know, if you're not trying to claim something that isn't yours, you aren't taking up space that doesn't belong to you. Yeah. If you are just a person who is experiencing attraction across the gender spectrum, you're queer. There you go. And whatever label you want to put on that is your decision, (laughs) but you are queer. Full stop. End of story. And if you want to call yourself queer, you have every right to do so. Um, I think that's a good way to transition uh, into the alphabet alphabet a little bit. Because specifically, so lesbian is is starting with the L lesbian is uh, basically identifying as a woman, yeah. attracted to women. Um, mm-hmm. Gay is the G, which is identifying as a male attracted to men. Mm-hmm. Um, so B we already discussed is bisexual. Mm-hmm. Um, T being trans. trans. And and there's, there's loads of different ways to be trans. We've talked about binary trans people. Those are people who are AMAB, and identify as a woman or a fab and identify as a man. And just because that is a thing, it doesn't mean that their experience is the same. There are trans women who have to, you know, go through more steps of transition than other. I don't ever like to use the term fully transitioned because it's never fully like, well, and it also like, it is and it's not right. Yeah. So like it's it there. There that there's a not. There, it, it 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 implies yeah. it implies <laughs> that there is a it, it implies that there is a set course. It, Im- yeah. it implies that being being a binary trans person means this is the route that I have to go to and this is the definite finish line and that's just untrue. Like for some trans women, they want facial feminization surgery. They want breasts. They want a vagina they want all of those things right for other trans women they're good with you know being on hormones and getting their little speed bumps and like having you know whatever they have and for even more like and for like even other trans women you know they go on low dose hormones and there's also all kinds of other barriers to it as well like some some people want that like way over on the other side transition, but because of health risks or socioeconomic barriers, they're not able to do those things. And like, that's like a situation that I'm in right now, like not even being a binary trans person, but being a non-binary person, I would love to go on some like low, low dose hormones to like keep myself from developing so much fucking body hair and so much facial hair and to like feminize the way that I gain weight a little bit more because I gain weight like a man like I gain it in my stomach and I like it just sits right here and like I don't like I have a nice I have a cute little waist but I have no hips and like so like you know my ideal body 
I am, you know, from here down, no hair. And I have, you know, more of a rounded out hip shape. And I have more of that, you know, kind of curve to my body and that kind of, um, and I, and I don't even want to say womanly body. Cause even if you look at like, look at ancient Greek statues of men, they are they are curved in ways that like dare you to want them. Like there's this like gorgeous balance of femininity and masculinity in those mm-hmm. structures. And like, that is what I crave. Like, and I certainly, and I want to stress this, non-binary people do not owe you androgyny. They don't. That's good. Like they do not owe you androgyny, but me for myself, I want androgyny. Like that is what I want for me to feel comfortable in my body. Okay. Um, Um, But yeah. So the trans experience is just like any other experience. It's not an all eggs in one basket kind of thing. It Mm -hmm. is like, it could be completely different and go in different directions and be. There's a reason we choose a rainbow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yes, our whole thing. Is. No, exactly. Like, and also, like, when it was first made, like, those colors represented like specific ideals. Like, the green was like nature and growth because we are natural. Like, we are, mm. you know, a part of nature. It, countless animal species experience homosexuality. So, mm-hmm. fuck off. Uh, <laughs> Um, but, so if we want to move, sorry, I don't mean to move us too yeah, quickly, no, okay. but I just what's don't after, want to get through everything. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So moving on to Q. Q. Q, Q. is... So I want to speak on Q for a second. Q is queer and questioning. Um, and that's the thing is like, that's the thing about like being accepting is that like, so people like me, like I identify as queer. Like I don't identify as, I like, will identify as gay using the royal gay, which is a term that I coined. I love that so much. That day was the best day ever when I saw that post, the royal gay. Yeah, so we use the royal gay. Um, and it's it's that thing of when, I'm gonna go Stefan for a moment. It's that thing of when. Um, <laughs> it is that thing of when, you know, a bisexual person is like, I'm too gay for that. Like it is, it is <laughs> yeah, that it the is royal gay. the royal gay encompassing we, all non-straight. Yeah. Encompassing all non-straight identities. Um, but yeah, so like queer and questioning, you know, people who question their sexual identity or gender identity need a safe space to do that and that is why they are included in our acronym because we need like they need to be met with resources and with you know love and acceptance and you know if you do this thing and find out no i'm actually straight but like that's fine but you still had that of the that space that Mm -hmm. area the the community to help you realize that and i want to stress that it is not ever okay to use someone as an experiment. If you are, and like I have had this happen, you know, a couple of different ways. Um, But, you know, I was processing a lot in high school and by processing, I mean, not processing and avoiding. And so I would, you know, get intoxicated on different substances at parties and I would you know sleep with the closeted football players and do this that or the other that sounds like a trope like (laughs) honey I'm a walking trope Um, (laughs) oh man but um you know that was my experience and that's what I did and like I was wrong 
for avoiding what I was avoiding and they were wrong for using me the ways that they used me. Um, but I have also had the experience of, you know, dudes that I'm pretty good friends with or that are friends of a friend and that come to me and are like, Hey, I've been having these thoughts and like thinking about these feelings and I kind of want to explore them. Like, would you be down? And like, that, that is the way to do it. Like that is the way to be like, you know, I don't know. I'm experiencing like, again, this. Someone and I'm that you know, this. this is not a stranger that you are yeah, messaging to be like, Hey, you down? Like, no, this is like a friend. <laughs> you are comfortable with this person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, at the same token, like if you are, if you are, I don't know if lesbians have an equivalent. I don't think they do, but um, for, you know, queer men, if you are, um, you know, looking to explore things and you want to get grinder and you make it clear in your grinder, I'm not looking for a relationship. I'm just looking to explore these things. Then the people get to make that yes. decision. It's again the same thing of where like people are like if pe- it's it's a it's a consent. It's, yeah, it's consent, and it's not like quite transactional the way that like somebody you know paying a sex worker is, but it's transactional in that like you know that these are the terms. Yeah, like, this is what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for anything more or anything less. And if you are good with that, we're good. If not, we don't do anything. Uh, it's 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 the issue becomes when you you know when you gaslight somebody or you you know make them feel like it's it's that same thing that fuck boys do all the time, right? Where you know you're you're <laughs> you're hanging out for weeks and weeks and weeks and months, and you're like making out and like having sex and doing those things, and they never explicitly tell you what they're actually looking for and they make you feel a certain type of way that's when it's an issue isn't that like uh breadcrumbing is like one of the like words used for that or something i I hate it i hope it's not i've heard that like they're totally breadcrumbing you like they're they're giving you little bits here and there but it's never the whole thing that's breadcrumbing like Mm -hmm. i've heard that i've heard the gen z or z breadcrumbing sounds like a kink I don't know what it is, and I'm not good by. And you're right; like it sounds like a sex act, like 100. <laughs> um, but oh. um, what about uh, after? So do you Q. want to? Yeah. So do you I, want to speak on? Well, do you want to speak on the um, the how queer came back into the vernacular where it was a slur for a long time, and oh, people who might think it still is, or is listen. it okay to just call someone who? doesn't who has not reclaimed it can you just use it for so i cannot speak for everyone because i know that there are old hats like there are you know boomers and (laughs) uh like it's true like there are boomer gays that do not like the term queer and don't want to be called queer don't want to hear it okay but i identify that way and i have reclaimed that and for me it is all about intent. Like if you or Nathan or Joe was like, oh yeah, like, you know, the, you know, this is my friend Lex, you know, or like, you know, I'm doing this thing with Lex, you know, they're really cool. They're, you know, a, an RPGer and a queer person. That's entirely different from somebody being like, oh, that fucking queer. Like that's in, that's yeah. an entirely It's the connotation. Like, it's, really. it, it's 100% intent and connotation for me. The thing that I don't think we need is to reclaim the F slur. No. Um, no. Especially. Okay. Will and Grace. <laughs> yeah. Looking at you, Will and Grace. 
looking at Gen Z, like looking at white lesbian, like King Princess. I don't know if y'all know who King Princess is, but they are a um, a music artist. Uh, she's a music artist who like will identify as the F slur. Like we'll say, yeah, I'm an F slur. And I'm like, number one, that's not really yours to reclaim. Like the F slur was pretty explicitly used against queer men um, and like that group. Like if you want to reclaim something, if you want to use something that used to be a slur, you can use the D slur. Like I'm comfortable with it. And I have a lot of lesbian, like butch lesbian friends who identify as, you know, a dyke and they use, you know, so that. then wait really quick is but it is i would it not it's not our place to assign yeah. them that it right has exactly to be something that someone tells that's you something exactly that's just like yeah like things that things is it that, then wrong that robbie robbie calls me his fag hag like is that wrong that is i don't like that term either it's like <laughs> a joke it's but it's, I know, it's, it's a joke literally never said no, 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 in no, no, public know. it's only between the two of us like and that's fine like that's between the two of you that is something that you two have agreed is okay between you two and something that you have fun with and that's fine i don't like the f slur at all and i don't yeah. and a lot of the community isn't even reclaiming it properly because like you'll see like there's a drag queen named willem belli and willem will a lot of the time use it as a put down like he'll use that slur to identify a you know gay man who is acting incredibly feminine or is doing things that are that. too gay. And so you don't reclaim a slur by using it the same way your oppressors As did. a slur, yeah. Like, yeah, like you don't, that's not the way you do it. It's that internalized misogyny again. And, and that thing often you see, again, I'm gonna hate an Will and Grace here again, cause God, yeah. I fucking hate that show. But the whole thing with Jack being who he is and then the internal misogyny of every time like a woman's body part is mentioned, he's like, he like pretends like he's gonna throw up or mm -hmm. like just hates yeah. the idea of a woman. Like he just yeah. can't even, that's not, that's weird. And that's not a thing. And it's also in the lesbian community, also a thing like mm -hmm. where if you yeah. act too feminine, it's like, oh, well, can't, you know, and there's also hatred for men in general. Like it's a very weird yeah. dichotomy of being in that community and being like we want to be so so far the other direction we are going to actively right be misogyn be sexist be misogynistic about it and it, it can get toxic it can for very sure. it can oh, very yeah. much get toxic but there's also <laughs> so it's yeah it, it's this like fine line right because it's the it's the same thing of when you know, black people and people of color are like, God, I can't stand white people. Like it's, they're, they're obviously not Same talking though. about, <laughs> right. But they're obviously not talking about every single white person. Just like when I say, yeah, fuck, I don't want to, like, I don't want to see, I don't want to see a straight person. Like yeah. I, I don't want to be around straight people. Like, obviously I'm not talking about you know, every single like, straight person. You know, person. you mean, yeah. Right. Yeah. And the, and the fact, the fact of, and I, and I have explained it like this before is, um, straight people just like white people get offended by that <laughs> and they and they you know get up in their feelings about it because they aren't thinking about 
my experience and my, my lived experience in my entire life, my default is not to trust or feel comfortable around straight people. I have been assaulted both verbally and physically just for being alive in a space that they didn't think I belonged in. And so when you're inviting me to a straight bar, I'm, I'm probably going to say no, like, unless I know a lot of people there. And even if I go, I'm not going to be out there with you all night because I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel safe because at any moment, and it doesn't matter. Valid and fair. And, and so it's the same thing with, you know, people of color, specifically black people when they're at a party and it's like all white people, they don't feel comfortable. And like, that's valid. Like whole ass. If I am at a party and there's only white people there, I am not comfortable as like a person and a woman <laughs> maybe, not- but like, I am not like whole ass. If I look around and there's not a single person of color, I have fucked up. Right. I am in and the so, wrong room. Right. I'm and so proud, like, I fucked up bringing it back to queerness and like just to like point at you know the lesbian community specifically like it's one thing to be like god i don't want to be around men like i understand girl i understand like i regret that i'm attracted to them but (laughs) not really (laughs) not really guys i'm so sorry but um but no like i understand (laughs) especially especially the whole culture around straight men fetishizing lesbians like lesbian the majority of lesbian porn especially what's out there for free is not made for lesbians no lesbian has an acrylic this long using it on their girlfriend Ah! no they don't i had to ask i (laughs) sorry can i also just say not to get i'm not getting a graphic twitch i swear to god i will not (laughs) what is this emoji what? Yeah, oh, it's a skull. Know. It's a skull. Lane is dead. Lane is dead. Oh, it took me a second. <sighs> I thought it was like a weird snowman for a minute. Like not not to get too racy, and I'm not Twitch, I swear to God. But I want to say the first time that I watched a lesbian film, <laughs> <laughs> educational film that was made not for the male gaze blew my goddamn mind up mm-hmm. like and that was what me, i was gonna mention yeah i was like this is i was gonna mention that this is uh, what it's supposed to yeah. be like and i like lost my whole mind that's why i went down i was like 16 i went down this rabbit hole where i was like maybe i am attracted to women but also like mm-hmm. what the fuck this is different and like again first experience with a woman as opposed yeah. to a man this is different different this it's is not, different. it's not just like a different, oh, it's all the same in the dark. No, it's fucking not. Let me tell you, everyone is different like a snowflake. <laughs> and it's- <laughs> I asked, I asked Emily, I think it was like, maybe like two years ago now, when I was kind of coming to terms more and more with my bisexualityness and all that stuff. Um, I, I've never been a person that's watched porn. It's mm-hmm. just not Which something is- I've ever done. It just, I, don't I just blame wasn't you. like we were, I'm... yeah, we were, and we were talking about this earlier. Like, I, I, like, I can go without sex. It's not like, so I definitely feel like I am on the asexual spectrum, but, mm-hmm. um, and it's because of that. It's because I never looked at sex like something that had to be, I don't need to watch other people yeah. doing it. It's not, that's not my thing, but I was curious about it. So, and I specifically asked Emily and Emily sent me her, it was your favorite uh, female (laughs) film. 
a lesbian that film she, <laughs> that she just that she just mentioned that was not made for the male gaze. Just a little and bit of I, sapphic cinema. I had the same exact reaction. Like, this is what it is. Like, oh mm-hmm. my god, wow! Send him, send, him send it to Listen, I got you. <laughs> I love it. No, and so it's, like it's. Please Another... resend it to me because I lost it. It's beautiful. And <laughs> please send it to me. I lost it. <laughs> it's like two years into messages on Facebook. Like I don't oh, know where to link it. Hard drive. And like I know I gotta save it. An, an interesting, an interesting fact about adult cinema and the people who watch it. <laughs> um is that like when you look at the statistics of people who watch uh gay adult cinema like male gay adult cinema there's a lot of women like straight women yeah. and lesbians who will watch Maybe it's that nice. and that's the thing so like when you Maybe when you look like at it. when you look at het adult cinema and lesbian adult cinema it is all male gays it is all male gays and it is misogynistic and a lot of the times a little bit violent um and like the view isn't about her her pleasure it's her as an object of his pleasure um or it's both of those women doing things for his pleasure whereas with yep gay men i don't like that shit Whereas with gay men, you know, yes, you can edit and you can, you know, cut things together, but largely like you can't lie about whether or not you're into it if you have that equipment, unless you have some pharmaceuticals to help you. So largely a lot of the time, like when you're watching, you know, gay men in cinema, they are genuinely enjoying one another like they are genuinely okay, a having a good time this. that's valid is is it would it be considered a kink or a fetish if you are into watching uh specific films where it's two men and one woman is that a fetish or a kink i would say if you're paying for it transactional yeah <laughs> Okay, kink can be transactional. <laughs> like I'm just saying, um, like if you're so, paying for the movie. So recently, mm-hmm. no, recent, but if you, are, I'm not. So no, I'm not. <laughs> if you are into a, recently, I've been into that. Uh, yeah. So I, if you are to, so for me, my personal definitions. Um, if you, if mm-hmm, if you are into <laughs> a specific sexual act, that is kink. Um, are okay. you not even necessarily sexual act because play and intercourse can be separate. Like I can, perf- yeah. I can perform impact with somebody or I can do rope with somebody and never have any kind of penetration or sexual contact. Um, it can be purely about the release of that type of play. Um, I was just asking because <laughs> Because recently uh, I've been into watching, now that I've gotten into the porn world. MWM. The adult film, it. The adult, the adult film world. Uh, yeah. I've been really, I've found that I enjoy MMF videos. Yeah. Which is and very interesting. Like, and I didn't know that about myself. That. <laughs> I went down that rat. I, I went down that rabbit hole because of a fictional book that I read. 
Okay. And then I was like, this is interesting what this person's describing in this book. I want to see it. Like yeah. I'm a visual person. For research. Yeah. So then and I there is yes. absolutely nothing wrong. So with then that. I saw yes. it. I saw it in my actual with my actual eyes, not my vi- my imagination eyes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my imagination. I like eyes. this. <laughs> and I so I a lot of the time, um, only fans of the text right off. Period. <laughs> um, I a lot of the time prefer to watch amateur or like thing or like sites that I know are run by the people that are featured most heavily in the videos. Like there, there's uh, mm-hmm. this one, there's this one gay couple, um, Colby something and Michael Knox, and they have a website called Colby Knox and like they run it. Like it's theirs. They, you know, direct. So you know, it's going and, directly. To- I, and, and, and I know that, I know that it's not like, yes, some of the stuff is scripted, um, but a lot of the stuff is just like, yeah, this person is hot. Let's bring them into our bedroom and let's, you know, see what happens. And I prefer content like that as opposed to things put out by a studio. Um, and unless like I am looking for something highly specific. Uh, <laughs> then you need the studio. <laughs> there, is a, there is a particular castle that everyone who knows knows um, oh my god but um but yeah like <laughs> but we still it's getting but no like that's the thing is like it's getting late but we so we and we still have letters yes to get to, so but yeah, I, if you are into like a specific sexual act or like practice that is kink like things that aren't necessarily sexual, like someone's teeth, someone's hands, someone's gotcha. Like those to me are fetishes. Like if you're really into gotcha. body hair, that's a fetish. Um, but Ooh. we have covered the <laughs> queer and questioning. Yes. Um, and we've talked about, you know, the reclamation of slurs. Um I I is intersex. Um intersex. I think this is the one I know the least about. Yeah intersex is that thing that disproves everyone who's like you're either male or female because it's just not true that's not how genetics and that's not how biology works like more than one biological any biologist it asks we'll tell any you. biologist yeah. any any biologist worth their salt that didn't go to trump university would tell you <laughs> that there is more than one biological sex you can have xyx you can have triple x you can have xyy like there's all kinds of intersectionality that you can have there's and- so many fucking combinations it's almost infinite like it's ridiculous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can also and that can also manifest physically like you can have you know a uterus but you can also have a penis and testicles like your ovaries can like because we all start like even if you are even if you are very firmly xy or xx we all start with female genitalia that's why they won't tell you the sex until further along down the line because your shit falls out <laughs> like like <laughs> That's like, why so many people have been like, you're having a girl, but then it ends up being a boy or yes. vice versa because things yeah. fucking change. Yeah, because literally like when, so if you are an AFAB individual, if you're assigned female at birth and you go on testosterone, literally what happens is your clitoris is what becomes the penis. Like it starts literally to grow and like become Ooh, your phallus. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's how that works. Um, and that's like- me. Yeah, I know that. 
Yeah. That's what happens there is, is <laughs> that you, is that you're literally like experiencing what you would have if you had had that surge of hormones in the womb, because that's what, ha- that's why little, little baby fetus boys in, in the womb originally have a vagina. Like it grows, like they don't have ovaries, but their, their testicles are inside of them. Like, just like your ovaries are inside of you. And that, and like it, all falls out later and your testicles don't even fall out until much later in life. Like that's Mm -hmm. like a thing that is true. Um, And so, yeah, like gender is very complicated. And so intersex people are people that are born with multiple sets. So they can be born with breasts and a penis and testes. They can be born with testes that never descend, but they also have a vagina. Like it's very compli- complex and like you can have all kinds of expressions through that, but that's what intersex is. And what happens a lot of the time is our medical system is fucked up and Heck, yeah. a child will be born this way and they'll be like, you need to choose. And it's a, what they will, <laughs> it's real fucked up. Freaks me There's, out, freaks me out, dude. There is a whole fucking saying it is easier to dig a hole than build a pole. Oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm going to talk like Evan right now. Don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay, getting personal. I didn't even have Evan circumcised. No. I can't even fucking imagine someone telling me, oh yeah, just like pick pick a gender for your kid and, and, and have major surgery on them as a baby. Yeah. And so they'll grow up as that gender. That's and it, normal and fine. And it's awful because a lot what? of the, a lot of the times they don't go any further than that. And so then when that child goes through puberty, Dude. they end up, you know, developing in a way that's opposite to the way that they've been told they are their entire life or they experience. Oh my a lot God. Of that problems. was a storyline on, that was a storyline on Grey's Anatomy. Like in it happens. The earlier seasons, it's, they had a patient like that. Th- it's a real thing that a happens. A young and girl. There is, and there is, there is a like, there is a whole special. Um, and Katie Couric, the, it, Katie Couric does this whole thing on like trans and intersex people, and I think it's on Netflix, and I cannot remember the name of it right now, but it is very well done. And she, you know, talks to an adult intersex person who did not find out until later in life, like they were presenting as female their entire life and found out later that they were born intersex and decided to make the transition to male um and there's like there's all kinds of like and there's another story of of one woman who like lived her life as a man and literally had to transition and start hormones to transition to like a woman because it was killing her like there are so oh many, there, there are oh so God. many risks to making those decisions before anything has developed. And we can't like, you have to stop just doing take a that. newborn squishy baby. And let's just like fuck around with their genitals for a minute. So they look, they and look normal. And I don't for a want baby. To, Why do I, you care what the baby's genitals that. look like? I'm and freaking I, out. And I don't want Sorry. to, no, it's okay. Like I don't <laughs> I want to. I and you're 100% allowed. I don't As want like a to. Parent, I think it's just I have parent but feelings about. There's it. there's the crux of it, right? Like I don't want to demonize these parents because number one, they live th- they lived a cis experience and they are being told something by a medical professional. 
That's they fair. are being yeah. they are being told yeah. something, and in a lot of cases, pressured into something by a medical professional who's supposed yeah. to know best, who's supposed to have the best interest of my child at heart. But really, but we all know medical. What do we know? What do we know about you know medical professionals? They go with a lot of the times they go with what they have been taught and what the like fucking social norm is, and you know it. There are still doctors to this day out here preaching that black people have a higher tolerance than white people. So like, I am unsurprised that they're like, no, you have to pick one. Higher tolerance? Yeah, um, black people are generally not given as many like um, for pain pain medicine Mm -hmm. in in, like the hospital. They are generally not believed or given the same amount of pain medication. Or anesthesia. Actually, I did know that. Or anesthesia. Yeah. Anesthesia because doctors who went to doctor school have like the fucking For audacity eight fucking years. to to spend thousands of dollars to turn around and say that for some goddamn reason, black people don't react, like don't, they are higher pain tolerance. So we don't have to give them the same amount of anesthesia or pain medicine. That's fucking That's wild fucking and it kills people. Awful. Serena Williams almost died in the goddamn hospital because of shit like that. Let's talk Doctor- about it. Oh yes, that is, yeah. Doc- doctors, doctors are to black women what police are to black men in the story. That's, yeah. that's a pretty yeah. good fucking, yeah. Cause the, the death rate among uh, mothers in this country, like women who the have black- babies, people who have babies, sorry, in this yeah. country is absolutely like, the black, higher among black women it's the black wild. mortality the black rate, yes. the black maternal you're, just out, yeah. you're letting people fucking die. it's ridiculous it's fucking ridiculous um but yeah like that's the thing is, is like that the, now is that specifically u.s healthcare yes. or is that around the i world? don't know about the rest of the world i, I do know specifically in the u.s i can't yeah, speak to I the rest of the world the i would the world. think that there is some racial disparity but as far as the u.s is concerned whole ass whole ass yeah Anyway, yeah. sorry, we can't talk no, about it for too long because we have a, we have we're we're over yes. already over time. We haven't gotten to the alphabet. Um, so we have same with a. the a. a so a lot of people used next. to say a lot of people used to say that A is for ally, and fuck that. Asexual, right? Here, asexual. It's for asexual. Um, and the thing is, it's like, do not get me wrong. I love my allies. I, we need our allies. Um, What we need is better allyship. Uh, The same, like, do not speak over queer voices, amplify them when, when like, and here, and like, so from a personal level, I do not have the energy to be the sole educator of everybody in my life. So sometimes if like one of my friends wants to be like, no, their pronouns are they, them, and this is why, and blah, blah, blah. Like that is wonderful. But more times than not, what you need to do is like, don't point them to me, but learn yourself and pass those resources on. Like find somebody who's literally a queer educator who talks about, who's a trans educator who talks about these things openly and has fucking Ted talks and videos on these things that you can give to this person as a reference. They're out there. They're 100% out there. And yeah. yes, they're the statistics. They already dumped it. They already talked about it. And the statistics do show us. <laughs> 
that the only real change, the only like measurable lasting change comes from positive interpersonal relationships and interactions with people from those groups across everything, like across race and gender identity and religious identities, like across all of these things. The only thing that genuinely changes a person's mind is consistent, like positive interpersonal relationships, but you have to open the door with that education. So a lot of the times what I do is if I don't have the spoons for it, I say, okay, here are these resources, look into these and then come back to me and we can talk about it because I don't- Because it's not your job to do that. Like I'm literally just trying to exist and I don't want to have to justify my existence to you. Like I don't. That's what we've been trying to- We don't have to do that. Right. And so that's yeah. why we were trying to talk Google about this exists. the other day. They can do yeah. it. Right. Like Google is free. <laughs> Google is free. I literally, my mom was asking me a question about something one day and I didn't know the answer. So I literally just like sent her a coupon for one free Google search. Like <laughs> I don't know everything and I don't have the energy to talk about everything all the time. So like educate yourself a little bit and then come back to me and say, Hey, I read this what is your take on it? And that is a completely different conversation, right? Because you're no longer putting the weight of education on me. You're putting, like, you're wanting a refinement of it. And so like, that's, that's the way to be a better ally is to do those things is to like amplify queer voices, put out those resources, be a positive, you know, interaction, but a stands for asexual and asexuality has a spectrum, just like, I don't want to say regular sexuality. Um, (laughs) But like the that other can't stuff, be right? That's not right. But like the asexual, asexuality has a spectrum, just like other sexuality, and an asexuality, you have you know people who are demisexual, who we talked about it earlier, need that Me. interpersonal. Yeah, they need that interpersonal emotional connection in order to develop a sexual attraction. Now, that doesn't mean that every time it is, you know, months in the making, sometimes you have these like flashbang like connections with somebody you meet somebody and you like spend you you talk to each other until fucking five o'clock in the morning and you know that person and sometimes it does take a long time sometimes you're like trying to do a thing and it never jives but like that that's okay too but that's the crux of demisexuality right is that like yeah you experience it but it it's a diesel engine it takes a little bit more to rev it up um and then you, the, I just lost so many, so many queer people with a car metaphor. No, but I love that analogy <laughs> because that's how I feel. But that's I how it. I feel about it. Like when I, when I found out about demisexuality, it was like an awakening in my brain. Like, holy shit, that's what I've been feeling. And I didn't know there was a word for it that mm-hmm. like, I genuinely can't be, I've had sex where I wasn't sexually attracted to the person because it felt like it was it for for whatever reason it was and it felt awful and I hated it. Mm -hmm. And then I've, when I've had sex with people that I am actually genuinely sexually attracted to because I have that deep connection to them, I realized that's what it is. It's the fact that I need that emotional level. Mm -hmm. And then emotional like thing. And then you have like a set, you have what's called gray ace, um, which is like a lot of people who identify as gray ace, like they 
will sometimes experience sexual attraction or they are, you know, asexuals who will engage in sexual activity with a long-term partner because they know that that partner like craves that kind of intimacy. And so they're okay with that. Gray Ace is, is one of those that's a little bit more flexible. So you talking about with cars, I can't drive. I'm gay. <laughs> that's the Royal gay. <laughs> uh, um, but that's, you know, gray ace is another one of those terms like buy and pan. Like it means different things to different people. Um, then you have what is termed ace flex. And so that is somebody who is always on the asexual spectrum, but they're different. They're, they don't have like a specific, like they're not sex repulsed. They're not, they don't like maybe sometimes they engage in sexual activity, but very extremely rarely like ace flex is somebody who is always on the asexual spectrum, but they're at a different place. Um, gotcha. It's kind of like, cause like asexual people are queer, but like if we're using like ace flex is kind of the way that I use the term queer. Like it's kind of, I'm kind of all over the spectrum of, asexuality whereas like i'm kind of like in between asexuality and like and like the other stuff um and and then you have like asexuals who are sex repulsed like they don't want to see or interact with anything sexual and these people could like not even like kissing like that's very personal to them like some sex repulsed asexuals don't kiss or they specifically like don't make out like they don't engage in anything that could be considered foreplay or could be like sexual sexually linked um and yeah like i think there are a couple of more identities but i am not as well versed in that which is fine but asexuality like it, is, it goes yeah. into like asexual aromantic mm-hmm. where you can- and those are different things going back and like as much as gender and gender identity and sexual identity are separate romantic identity and sexual identity aren't necessarily linked you can be bisexual and hetero romantic or bisexual and homo romantic yeah like <laughs> there are there are you know bisexual people who experience sexual attraction across the gender spectrum but only experience deep romantic intimacy with one gender or you know usually with one gender (laughs) and then there are you know some people who are homosexual but are kind of unable to develop deep romantic bonds with men or women like and they have they have more of their romantic attraction and more of their romantic intimacy with their friend group and that's fine too like that is like i have a friend who is who is a homosexual man like he has sex with men but he does not ever have a boyfriend he doesn't ever like see himself marrying a man he all of his like romantic intimacy comes from his relationships with women and that's fine like it's complicated but like the human experience is inherently complicated. Um, And so like, just because you are asexual doesn't mean you are aromantic. You can be both, but you aren't always. Um, And it's, it's aromanticism is a little bit more difficult because like, what are we defining as romance? A lot of Mm -hmm. the things that people, you know, talk about being romantic are things like, you know, 
sharing your life story with somebody and like being physically close to them and enjoying spending time with them. But like, that's my friendships. That's describing friendship. Like, yeah. A, lo- a lot exactly. of the you mean things, like having friends, a, a lot of the <laughs> things that we like associate with romanticism aren't necessarily inherently like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, societal norms are are pushed upon mm-hmm. us too yeah. much and it's not anyone's it's not anyone's specific place to define those things like for other people mm-hmm. because like i i don't think that being romantic means that i got to like hold your hand all the time or like like what if i want to hold my friend's hand i don't that's not that doesn't mean i'm romantic towards my friend that just means that like I want to hold my friend's hand like it's right and like it's weird what it's we also define like as romance romantic. doesn't always have to be like sexual it doesn't have to be linked to sexuality like mm-hmm. you which they be, like, we do often romantic as to my friends which I am right it's time we but at the same time I wouldn't qu- classify that as like a sexually romantic it's more of a friendly romantic it's different like like it, I'm it is love in, but yeah different. I'm in I'm in love with Emily, but it doesn't have no, to be love a with sexual Nicole. thing. Yeah, like it doesn't no, like have- Emily, <laughs> Emily and I felt Emily and I felt deeply in love very quickly. Truly, like, deeply. Like we we are deeply in love and always will be. And it's it's and it's that thing of like, what are you def- like? Are you defining emotional intimacy as romance? Then all like all of my close friendships are romantic in that case um and like i you know like unless you're talking about things like i spend valentine's day with this person which i've done with my friends like i like there's just so many things like like, yeah there's so many things that are like romantic about healthy interpersonal relationships like your close friendships can be very romantic and like people and i and people I guess the difference is you would have to be assigning at least in my brain, because like the, the love I feel and the care that I give to my friends is the same love and care that I give to my family is the same love and care that I give to my romantic partners. So like, if you're removing physical intimacy, if you're removing, you know, that kind of aspect of it, like, is it any different? Like, why Why are we terming it romantic? Yeah, I agree. Is, like, is that the whole mm-hmm. reason we're terming it romantic? Because there's physical intimacy involved in it? Because there are lots of romantic relationships that don't have physical intimacy for any number of reasons. Like, mm-hmm. it's like romanticism is a, like just so fucking outdated to me. Um, it's so last week. <laughs> like it's so it's so last century, girl. Like that romantic period for real. Um, <laughs> Emily so Dickinson, really. Quick, I just want to yes. touch on really quick. So we said yeah. we did the A. So um, can yes. you talk for just a moment about why or why not it's important to have the plus sign when you are talking about LGBTQIA plus? Yeah, so the plus is like just again that all-encompassing thing, which is why I like 
the term queer. It is such a catch-all and it is so like every everything fits very comfortably under that. Um, and because like, that's the whole point of the plus is, and like, like we talked about earlier, like queer identity is very like ambiguous and evolutionary um like it changes and you know things are always being discovered about human sexuality and romance and like the way that we engage in those things so the plus is all about like it's not done like this like whatever else you know and this does not include the plus is not to include people who victimize children because they try to claim that they are a part of the LGBT community. They're not part of it. They are not. They are not. Full stop. Full fucking stop. Yep. Nope. Whatever um, that whole thing that went around for a while, like it goes around minor attracted person. No, that's not a fucking thing. No, no, it's not. If you want to know our stance on that, it's no. Because the whole point of safe, sane, consensuals, that big old C at the bottom there, Mm -hmm. because you cannot consent a minor, period, end of story. And and yeah, and like I support, 100%, I support comprehensive sex education. That does not mean that I think teenagers should be having sex. I think, you know, largely you're not ready for it. Um, in so many ways and would comprehensive sex education change that maybe but whether or like whether or not you want to admit it as a teenager sex changes things as an adult it doesn't necessarily have to especially in the like with queer men like i was gonna say gay men be fucking their best friends all the time but it's not even like it's just that out in the community like it's just especially once you start getting into your friendships with the poly community especially (laughs) it becomes a thing and not that i'm saying once you decide i'm polyamorous so now i get to fuck all my friends that's not what it means no because again consent at all consent it does not mean oh yeah by the way now i get to go hit on all my friends and my my partner's friends that's what this means it's not please do not but it does we can definitely talk about polyamory another time that's a different episode 100 that's why i didn't even bring it up but, yeah. but polyamory is like another thing that is a spectrum. Like, again, like I said at the beginning, there's a reason we chose a fucking rainbow. Mm-hmm. Like, it's an identity too. It is. Yeah, like it's 100% through- an identity. It's because the people who identify, so they're like polyamory kind of exists on a spectrum as well. So, you like just touching on it very quickly polyamory, you have a couple of different setups, right? So, you have an open relationship. Uh, well, first, let's go into monogamish. So there are some people who would term their relationship as monogamish. I like to call it selectively permeable. Basically, <laughs> very funny. Basically, if you are monogamish, there's a couple of different reasons that you would identify as that. A lot of times, like if two sex workers or if like one person in the relationship is a sex worker, you will be monogamish in that outside of work. If it's not work, I'm only sleeping with this person. Or you will say that you're a couple who's monogamish because you, you know, select certain people to engage in those activities with, Um, but you make that decision together. 
And then you have relationships that are called open relationships. And a lot of people that would term their relationship as open are only in a relationship with each other. They are only emotionally intimate with one another Mm -hmm. and they have sex with people outside of the relationship and they will set up different rules for that. And that's personal to them. Then you have closed triads and a closed triad is a monogamous relationship in like, it's a monogamous relationship in that you're only having intercourse and emotional intimacy with those people in that little triangle. That's what the, the creator of wonder woman, he like people term his relationship as polygamy. And that's not what it was. It was a closed triad. It was him and two other women. And they literally, he had kids with each of them. And when he, he died before either of them and they lived the rest of their lives together and raised those children and together. And they were roommates. And they were roommates. And so like, that's the <laughs> thing is like in a, in a, in a triad situation, it is different from polygamy or polygyny, which is one woman, many men, uh, because in those sort of relationship dynamics, there's an inherent power structure that isn't at play in a triad. In a triad, everybody has equal say and everybody, you know, is, is like taken into account. Whereas in like polygyny or polygamy, the one man or the one woman is the one who makes the decisions about who's the re- in the relationship, who's not, all of that. Emily, you know someone that is in a triad. You told me about that, right? When we were yes. talking. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yes. I actually had a lot of, Justin and I had a lot of questions about polyamory, specifically mm-hmm. triading or like, yeah. like that, because it's something that we've discussed as a couple because we felt like um, there are parts of ourselves that aren't being met mm-hmm. by that particular person. Like I am heteroromantic. I do have, I've only ever had relation, uh, intimate emotional relationships with men, but Justin is pansexual and Justin felt for a time like and I don't he could still feel this way I don't know we haven't really talked about it in a while because obviously pandemic obviously pandemic we can't do anything about it right now but um it's something that we've talked about potentially you know not wanting to limit ourselves yeah that because we love each other so much that we're content with each other emotionally but there are things that we can't do for each other sexually and you crave a different kind of energy and the exactly and that's that's perfectly okay and then that run you run into you know do you want an open relationship do you like uh do you want to try out do you want whatever whatever um me i i practice like full-on polyamory so um i i don't have rules with my partners because like i don't like that like the one rule is always like be safe yeah be open about your like as long yeah. as the lines communication. of communication are yes. open. And that's the thing is, it, and what is the question that you have, Justin? Or were you like saying that like Nicole was touching on a question that you have? He's, it's going to take him a minute to type. That's fine. Oh yeah, generally um, we have questions, yeah. Yeah, we can absolutely talk about that We anytime. should do a whole polyamory episode, honestly. Please, because like, I want to know can. more. Yeah. I've, I've been in, I was absolutely in a relationship yeah. with- We ran that. into them in Dragon Con. Yeah, we did. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I used to date them, like the couple, the two yeah. people that we just turned into. Yes, yeah. I used to date both of them. I started yeah. dating her and then met him. And I knew that she was married. Like that yeah. was the whole thing. And then yeah. I met him and then it was like, oh, we actually get along. And then they came over to help me hang up curtains. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> did they hang you from the curtains? Uh, oh. Oh. Talk about 
something that like I didn't realize how that worked until yeah. you're part of it. Like that's yeah. how it works. But then it's like it was an open communication situation. You like I was seeing both of them to. at the same time and separately. That's what I that's what I've heard as mm-hmm. far as polyamory goes is the most important key ingredient to polyamory is honesty. It's honesty and communication. And so it's it's understanding. And I talked about this a little bit with Justin a while back when we were, when we were filming the like Christmas special or the holiday special uh, for legends. Um, Jealousy is something that is natural, but it's something that stems from either a perceived lack of something or your own personal insecurity. Oh, that's so me, hardcore. Yeah, <laughs> I know why he time. brought that up. <laughs> you can admit it. No, no I know why he brought it up to you because that's my issue. Yeah. A is lot of the time me. what happens with jealousy is that you are either one, seeing your partner do something with somebody and you're either feeling left out or you're feeling like they don't pay attention to you in that way or they don't do things with like that with I you. have major FOMO <laughs> <laughs> and so like a, a great way to get around that is like having that open communication of hey me and x are going to do this would you like to come or beforehand hey x really needs some independent attention and it is important that I honor that as they are another partner of mine. If you are having a truly like constellation situation, uh, constellation being like, everybody is not necessarily connected directly to each other, but we all come back to make a whole. Oh, I got you. Mm-hmm. And so you have things like a hinge. So like, um, like within a constellation, you can have like a specific hinge where like this person is seeing this person and this person, but these two people don't interact. So you have a hinge. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. See, this is why we need a whole polyamory episode because I got so yeah, I many fucking questions. But yeah, yeah like that's, that's why I was like, it's gonna, it, it's a whole polyamory is like its own whole ass episode. It's its own thing. But it absolutely, <laughs> there's just so many flavors. It absolutely can be, it can be a sexual, it can be a sexual and romantic identity. Oh, I love you, Justin. But yeah, like with polyamory, it can be a sexual and romantic identity in that there, there are people who genuinely like feel unfulfilled by just one person and they need more in order to meet their both romantic and sexual needs which is what i need to get over because i because it's not about you yeah it's not about you it's not your shortcomings yeah it's not about that which is the problem that I've had to come to terms with in my own head mm-hmm. when it comes to my marriage yeah. is that my marriage is solid. Like solid. I, we love each other so fucking much. It's not even funny. Justin is my best friend, mm-hmm. but like, I understand now that I've gotten healthier in my own brain that it's not me. That's the problem. It's that I don't it's and it's not my fault. Mm, it's just no. that I it's there are specific needs that Justin has that I can't fill because I'm not able to. Yeah. And that's OK. That is okay. I, I generally find that polyamory like it comes about in a relationship, not for a lack of love, yeah. but more mm-hmm. of an overabundance, like more of we have so much love for each other 
that we can have someone else here and like share that love. It's not something where like you're missing something and you're looking yeah. to fill it. It's more like we have such a solid relationship. I'm still we're good. I'm still we on can that have journey. someone else here and still chill. I'm so, still on that journey in my head, but like I know that that is the case now, that it's not me and not, I didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. It's and and it's both of us. I've also yeah. realized that I am missing something that I need that Justin genuinely just can't give me, but it's not because for lack of trying or for lack of whatever, it's just that that's That's not not possible. And and, and that's not in their wheelhouse. And I will explain it the same way that I explained it at a panel at New York Comic-Con. Polyamory at its root is about understanding that the heart is not a box. It does not get filled it expands the more that you love and it just grows with every partner, with every experience that you have, it grows. It's, it's, you're not gonna, you're, you are not going to fill every slot in that box and he is not going to fill every slot because it's not a box. It's not a box. It's this living, growing action like love is this action it's it's a feeling it's an action and it's a living thing that grows and expands and learns and you have to be open to learning as much as we have to be open-minded we have to be open-hearted as well um and i would love that (laughs) I, i would recommend starting with just like an open relationship, not having full on like, and I recommend this to everybody who wants to start and like explore polyamory is not, not starting full on, like having full on relationships with other people, but like going on little dates with other people and like coming back and talking to your partner about it. And when you can, you know, number one, that opens you up to nothing is happening that they're not telling me about. I'm it's, it's not a cheating situation because they're coming back and telling me about it. I know what's happening. I know that they have a date planned for September 3rd. Like I know what's going down. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a cheating situation. It's not something they're doing behind my back. And it's not something that they're doing it to spite me because they're excited about it and they want to tell me about it. And so then like you start to move past that jealousy and you experience conversion, which is the, feeling of joy that your partner is experiencing joy with someone else oh that's what i was talking to nicole about uh when yeah we, you, we first talked about it i was like yes. it, it's less the jealousy eventually fades and it's more mm-hmm. you love this person so much and there they are being happy yeah and that makes you happy you're like yeah that's fucking awesome this is dope like i do it's love great that. that other people like this person that you love so much is is loving someone else so much and is happy and And is getting loved by that person and getting appreciated as they deserve (laughs) because you're like i love that person they deserve to be loved and you see someone else appreciate your partner the same way you do it it becomes less jealousy and more like happiness it's genuine happiness for this Mm -hmm. person that you love i love that and i want that Mm -hmm. for us it's just that the pandemic fucking sucks oh god yeah yeah. absolutely no one's telling anybody right now oh yeah no no, no. what i'm saying is (laughs) and it does absolute work like i i've I've had friends i've been part of it i have friends who who do it very successfully um a man married to two women like like married that's like they had a ceremony but 
he also recently announced his like to like the world i guess um his girlfriend and is very open about like this is my girlfriend these are my wives they know about each other in fact my girlfriend was friends with my wives before i met them that's how right. i met my girlfriend like right and it's just the way they they interact they're like and he, they he used the word metamor mm-hmm. um which we talked about earlier which is uh when your partner is in a relationship with someone that you are not in a relationship with. That is your metamor. You are not. I love that term so much. Which is neat. And it's such a good way to describe that situation. Um, And I'm thankful that I have friends who are willing to be open about that kind of stuff. um, And that he is so open about it. Yes, yes, yes. Get it all out there, baby. Oh, the volume. Just just so much life. Fair up. (laughs) Faucet vibes is what I'm she getting. She wishes. Anyway, what bitch. were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking, we're talking about, like, about wrapping this up because we, yeah, we are like thank you guys so almost. much. Thank, thank you. you guys so much thank for joining you. us. And I have really, really, really fucking enjoyed this. I can't wait to talk more about these things. And like, if you have questions or want resources, there are definitely great places to find it, but you can also find me on Twitter at AUPlatedGarbage. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, no, don't find me on Instagram. Never mind. Uh, don't find me on Instagram. But you can- I lied. You can 100% find me on Twitter. I will be happy to interact. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at Lex Lux, uh, L-E-X-L-U-X-E. Um, okay. And I hope you all have a beautiful night. Thank you for joining. Send me that video. Send me that video. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Um, thank you so much to Dawson. Uh, Lex, sorry. I keep doing that. Um, thank you to Lex so much. Because I mean, I still have more questions. Let's be absolutely real. Uh, again. You have my number. number one. But uh, I know that Emily and I we have these kind of conversations together, and it's good to have another voice to like another soundboard that yeah. I feel that I feel comfortable with discussing these things because it's not something I feel like I can talk about with just anybody. Mm-mm. And now I'm putting it out on the internet, so here it is. Um, I mean, but also- like. That's a mood. Like I'm, I'm sitting here. Like I scream at Twitter about my mental illness, but like I can't talk to my fucking mother. <laughs> no, like this is, you know, this is me, um, exercising my agency and deciding to have these conversations. And if you do find me on Twitter and you do reach out to me, know that you are not entitled to a response. Know that you know I am a person of very complex mental illnesses, a very complex living situation. Um, I you know have my own issues, my own real life to deal with. Um, so I will not always have the energy to engage. I will always, if I don't have the energy to engage, I will at least try to acknowledge you and say, Hey, I have seen this. I cannot currently get into this, but I will get back to you if, and when I can. So please always know that just because somebody is a personality on the internet and that somebody has, you know, said that their DMS are open, that does not mean that their DMS are responsive. (laughs) It does not mean you are. (laughs) That's so fair. That's valid. Yep. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it is not a queer person, a black person, an indigenous person, a Latino person, like it is not that person's job to tell you their, whatever you want to know. It's your job 
to learn about their stories and come at it from a different way. It's not anybody's like in the community's job to lecture you or to no. educate you. You need to go out and do the work for yourself. Yeah, but there there are people who are in those communities who are offering to tell those stories yes. and are standing up and saying that you just have to look, yeah. you just have to Google it and look around. It's, and it's really not hard. It's really not hard. And like at the end of the day, if you want to be a really good ally, like that's what you have to do. You have to do the legwork and get out there and look for yourself. They, people are out there willing to talk about it. You just have to look, you have to look. And it's definitely not just a random person you found who happens to be queer and you could just reach out to them yeah do some research first do like look on google find people who are talking about this and then you'll get your answers like mm-hmm. i want people to understand that this is this this conversation feels exclusive because we talked about very exclusive like things but these are conversations that are already out there they're already mm-hmm. people have done this work there are people who life. know there are people who know so much more than me like there are people who <laughs> definitely know more so than much me. more. Same. And like I I don't pretend to be an expert on anything. Like I said, like I said during the conversation, I am speaking from my experience and the things that I have learned from other people. So clearly there are other people to learn from. Please go beyond the first five results on Google. Yes. Please, you know, use other fucking search engines. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Thank you. If you want to find me somewhere, I don't know why you would, but if you want to talk to me, I am at Neurotic Good on most social medias. Uh, Nicole? I am at Nicole the Nerdy on most social medias as well. Um, we are just a reminder, we are part of, uh, or Nicole and I are part of Legends of Lanamora, um, which is the flagship podcast for Novi Entertainment Studio. 